Welcome back to the Bob Squad Pod. This is episode 14, Long Time No See. This is by far the quickest turnaround we've ever done between episodes, but that's also because we're in season now, and hopefully we can record a little bit more and do episodes that are a little bit you know, quicker, shorter, uh, to the point, a little preview, a little recap, and then on to the next one. So uh, last episode was me and Aaron. This time it's going to be me and Manny. Manny, what's up, dude? What's up, Nick? Uh, feels great to be back. Our favorite sport in the world is back. Rams are, are off to a great start. I mean, what else do you want in 2020, right? <laughs> yeah, um, and I started the other episode, this past one, with I didn't even think football was going to happen this year. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, very excited for it. I'm happy. Uh, and it also sounds like some more college programs are going to be coming back. Oh, uh, big, big, big 12 realized that, hey, you know what? Maybe we should jump in on this quickly and recuperate some money. And Pac-12 was like, nah, buddy, we're taking a stand. I have a lot of respect for the Pac-12. Yeah, there's, um, you know, money will will do a lot of things for you. And Mm -hmm. uh, those those colleges and those schools, uh, I don't know if they didn't realize how much money they were going to lose by not playing or or what it was. But uh, as soon as they saw some other programs doing it, they're like, hey, you know what? If they could do it, we could do it. So um, not going to complain about having more football. Uh, it sounds like they're doing everything they can to uh, get tested and all those things. So hopefully they're doing it as safely as possible. Um, but big thing is we've got the NFL. Uh, obviously, oh, at the end of the day, I'm much rather going to watch the pros over college. So um, uh, I know well, you're well, you're different. Well, yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say about that is that it's very uneven, unfortunately, because, yes, we won't be able to see the Pac-12. And when you think about what the Big Ten or what is it, Big Ten, Big 12, or I don't, I don't even There's, know at this point. Yeah, um, Big Ten. Yeah, okay, so Big Ten. So they're going to have only an, an eight-game schedule. So Ohio State's probably toughest rival is, what, Michigan? Outside of that, what, they're going to play Cupcakes Indiana, Cupcakes Rutgers? And even if they go undefeated, how can you even say they even belong in the college football playoff when the SEC is playing nothing but their conference? So it's going to be a total mess. It's going to be chaos. Me as a college guy, I, I can't wait for it. But at the same time, we also have to you know re- realize that this season is so, so not you know close to being to its normal entity, per se. Yeah, and I think, I think any – I don't care if it's college – professional whether it's baseball basketball i think any team that wins a championship this year there's always going to be a little asterisk on it Mm -hmm. and it's always Mm going to be oh that was this championship they won during the pandemic year and everyone knows that it's going to be different so um that just is what it is we just kind of have to make the best of what we got at this point um literally 30 minutes before we hit record we had some breaking news i brought this up on the last episode it's actually happened now robert woods got a contract extension he's going to be staying in la Uh, that was confirmed and put out by the official rams twitter account and shortly thereafter uh jordan rodrigue of the athletic and also alum of this show um put out the details four years 65 million it caps out at $68 million max with incentives and all that stuff. Uh, so the core of the team appears to be set. Um, 
Manny, your initial thoughts on this. I know you have some thoughts on the whole contract situation for the Rams, just kind of as a whole. Yeah, I mean, because you first, you know, you go and unload Todd Gurley, so then you get a cap hit. Then you you know you're going to have to sign Jalen Ramsey at some point, you know, because you can't have – you can't keep trading away, you know, first-round talent, you know, how they did with, you know, with Fowler and others and expect, you know, to ever have a consistent team going forward, especially in the NFL. So, we – listen, we both agreed that Jalen Ramsey had to be signed no matter what. So then you sign Ramsey, then you sign Cooper Cup, and now you go with Robert Woods. I have no issues because at the end of the day, those guys are Goff's guys. Like, you know, I, it's 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 hard to imagine, you know, Goff not having both Cup and Woods in the offense. And even in the first game, um, you even saw how important those guys were. Um, you know, my only issue is that now you're, you know, you need your draft picks now all of a sudden to pan out, whether it be offense or defense. You need your draft picks to be there at least three to four years because, you know, Woods is 28 years old. Um, I think the average lifespan of a wide receiver, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to Robert Woods at all. I don't mean to any disrespect, but the numbers are clear. You know, once you hit past that 32 threshold, it's really tough, you know, to survive in this league. And Cup has a knee injury and whatnot. So those are the things that just get me, you know, worried some per se. Um, I still want Matt Jefferson to keep building in his offense. You know, I I feel like that's a guy right there that could um, really blow up um, you know, if one of these guys go down, you know, and obviously he's a rookie. So you're going to need that type of production from there. And, you know, and from the tight end position as well. So overall, it's not it's not that I have an issue with signing the guys. I just have an issue with the whole doing it right now all of a sudden. But, you know, hey, you got to pay the guys that have gotten, you know, most of your success, most of your success there. And like I said, these are Goff's guys. These are Sean McVay slash Goff's guys on offense. And eventually you're going to, you were going to have to pay them if you wanted to keep them. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm, I don't think anybody, I think even Adam Schefter and some of those reporters aren't experts on the cap because the cap in the NFL and the way that works is super weird. And the way their contracts work is super weird. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can, shed light on this and how the team's going to manage it. I have no freaking idea, um, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and I'm hoping that there's people smart enough in the organization to realize what they're doing and hope that, you know, two or three years down the road, we don't find ourselves with, you know, six overpaid players and then 46 players who are playing on the minimum. And we suck because that mm-hmm. that's not the right. way you want to build a team. Um, but no, obviously, and, and you and you and you also don't want to waste any of these guys' time in their prime right now. You want to be able to get the most out of it. Maybe this makes them feel more involved. Maybe this makes them feel like you know what the time is now. You know what I mean? Like you know, like people seem to forget the the Rams are you know are coming you know not last year or the year before, but they're very fresh off a Super Bowl loss, and it's only a couple of seasons. You know what I mean? So, and as we saw on Sunday, to me personally, I think this division is wide open. I think Arizona laid the hammer down in the division and was like, wait a minute, you you know, San Francisco, you guys might have made it to the Super Bowl and had a great record last year, but trust me, we're here to stay. We are here to make sure to make notice in this division. That's why I even said it during the summer. I feel like the division in the NFC West is up for grabs, and I feel like the Rams, if they play well, they have a perfect chance of, you know, getting in there. Yeah, um, and I agree that these guys needed to be signed. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, he had to be signed because you gave Without up two first-round picks. Like, that had to happen. 
Uh, and I think, like you said, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, I feel like they're really integral to the offense. So I feel like getting rid of them would have been a bad move. Um, and the core of the team is super young. The oldest star on the team is Aaron Donald, and he's 29. So he's not old by any means. He's not, you know, super young. But when you look at the guys on the team right now, the way that the core is built, you have Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, uh, Cam Akers, Van Jefferson. Uh, there's so many pieces on the team that are Everett, really Josh young. Josh Reynolds, Tyler Higby. Yeah, John Johnson. John Johnson. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so the team is very young, and anytime you have a young core, you always want to keep that together as long as you can. Um, so I'm totally I'm, – I'm fine with the timing, and, and we'll see what happens a couple years down the road when we actually have hindsight and we can look back on it. Um, same thing with the NFL draft. You can't really judge a draft until at least three years later because we don't know how these guys are going to turn out. Um, so we'll look back in a couple years, and, and maybe this was a bad move. We'll see. It just depends on where the team goes from here. I will say at least we have, like, the richest owner in the game. Um, so if, you know, we get hit with some cap penalties, uh, Stan Kroenke is not short on money. Uh, that won't be a problem. He can pay that. That's totally fine. So if that's all it comes down to, we can take the New York Yankees approach and we'll just pay for all our players and we'll pay for all the cap hits and who cares? Uh, so that's fine. Why not uh, take the, uh, well, it's, it, it looks like it's lately it's been the Boston Red Sox approach of getting first round pick players and just training them away. No, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the week two matchup against the 0-1 Eagles. Uh, this conversation is going to be really good because Manny is very uniquely qualified to handle this discussion because in addition to being a follower of the Rams and, and being a lover of Rams football, he's also a, a, an Eagles fan and loves Eagles football as well. Those are two, you know, passions that he has. So, this is going to be a, a good conversation because he knows what he's talking about. So um, the Eagles are coming off a loss, and it's kind of an embarrassing one, I think, to say the least. I didn't watch the whole game, but from what I did see, it wasn't pretty, um, and it wasn't against you know a team that you would expect them to lose to, the Washington football team. Um, so before we get into the discussion on where the Eagles are at right now and where we think it's going to go, I'll just throw out a couple nuggets I found that I thought were pretty interesting. So overall in the series, the Rams and the Eagles have played each other over 40 times and the Rams total record is 19, 22 and one against the Eagles all time. Unfortunately, recent history Rams haven't fared too well. Uh, they're 0 and six in their last six games against the Eagles their last win came in 2004, which wow. I don't know if you remember who won the World Series in 2004, but um, uh, you can was look. Was the Red Sox over the Cardinals? It was the Red Sox. It was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, quick, quick, quick. So that 04 game, was, was Steven Jackson still on the team? The I don't think so. Game? I feel like Steven Jackson was drafted in like 2007 or 2006. I could be wrong on that. Um I don't think he was on the team at that point. All right. But you have, I, I have it right here. So they played on December 27th. Rams beat the Eagles 20 to seven. Uh, Mike Martz was the head coach. <laughs> yes. Steven Jackson was on the team. Oh, I wow. see it right here. Yeah. Steven Jackson was, was on the team and I'm scared. Oh to yeah. That was it. his rookie year. Yeah. I just looked Mark it up. Bulger, Mark Bulger, Isaac Bruce and company. Shout out Mark Bulger. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah, 2004, quite a while ago. Your boy was still in high school in 2004, so it was a while ago. Um, and the last couple meetings that they've had, the Eagles have beat the Rams' combined score of 73 to 58. So uh, kind of one-sided, uh, hasn't been going too well. Uh, I know, at least for me as a Rams fan, anytime I think of Eagles games, I think of the game in 2018 where Carson Wentz uh, blew out his ACL diving into the end zone. Uh, that's the memory that always sticks out in my mind. Uh, so I'm sure is I'm sure Eagles fans that probably pops into their mind too because I'm sure that's got to mm-hmm. be a little bit of a concern. Um, another nugget that I thought was pretty interesting: Sean McVay has never lost a 1 p.m. kickoff in the wow. Eastern Time Zone. So obviously as a team in the Pacific time zone on the West coast, you never want to travel to the East coast, deal with the time change and then do the early game. That just makes it even more difficult. But uh, Sean McVay is four and in all of those games. Uh, so that's good. That's good. You know, promising stat to look at uh, the last couple times they actually did that. They beat the Falcons 37 to 10 and the Panthers 20 to or sorry, 30 to 27. So that's something to look forward to. That's promising. Uh, The other thing that's pretty promising for this Rams defense, which I know Manny's really high on, and we'll get to Mm -hmm. that. Um, The Eagles have allowed allowed twice as many sacks as any other team in week one. So if you're the Rams defense, especially that defensive line, you have to be super, super excited. And I'm sure the new coordinator, Brandon Staley, you got to be pumped, right? Because Wentz got sacked eight times by the Washington football team. So if they can sack him eight times, what do you think Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and these guys can do? Yeah. (laughs) Rockers. So if you're the Rams defense, you had to be, you got to be pretty juiced. I, I feel like the players had to have gone into practice this week and placed some like wagers and been like, I can get them twice. Oh, I can get them three times. There's got to be some wagers or some bets going on. Uh, so that's pretty, pretty exciting for, you know, Rams fans. Uh, last one I'll throw out there. Sean McVay and Doug Peterson are both four and four against the opposing division. What I mean by that is, Sean McVay is four and four against the NFC East and Doug Peterson is four and four against the NFC West. So just an interesting nugget I found. I thought that was interesting just to note. Uh, It is kind of weird that Sean McVay is four and four against the NFC East because I feel like that division is by and large uh, overrated and not that good because usually the former Redskins and the Giants are usually pretty bad. And I feel like the Cowboys are perennially overrated so a little interesting that he's four and four against that division but hopefully after this week he'll be five and four so like i said manny you're you're an eagles fan at heart as well as being a rams fan so coming into this game as an eagles fan are you worried about this game how comfortable are you well, if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm very, very worried. Um, you mentioned there that in the last six games, the Rams have faced the Eagles are 0-6. Well, my friend, get ready to put 1-6 because when you give up as many sacks as you did, and it's not and it's not that you gave up those sacks in the football game. It's just the way that it happened. Um, the Eagles were up 17-0 against Washington, and then all of a sudden 
the offensive line with two backups with, you know, 50-year-old Jason Peters at left tackle, all of a sudden they forgot how to pass block. And Doug Peterson, he didn't want to run the football because Miles Sanders, the team starting running back, he didn't even make the trip. Um, so I, re- I truly feel like the Eagles got out of their game plan. They wanted to outsmart, you know, the Washington football team. And, you know, there's no ifs or buts about it. Um, this Rams defense only gave up 17 points to what is my mind, one of the top offenses in the league without question. And for you only, for you to only give up 17 points, not having a preseason, not being able to practice against other teams, for you to only give up 17 points, okay, against the Dallas Cowboys offense, that to me shows me the work that Brandon Staley is doing. When you are led by a rookie, okay, a rookie, um, I believe he was drafted in the sixth round, I believe. Yeah, um, he was. Pick number six, 199. Pick, pick 199. Yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah, it's the pick. Tom Brady pick. Tom Brady pick 199. When a rookie leads you in tackles and in, you know, in his second or second tied to third in solo tackles, when that is happening on your defense, okay, it it, it, it spells so much danger for Carson Wentz and company. Um, you know, unless they all of a sudden in one week they get it back together. But I don't really see that happening. Lane Johnson supposedly is coming back, so you know that the right tackle spot's going to get, you know, much more secured. But we've seen this with Carson Wentz already. We've seen it where once he gets hit on a consistent basis, it just fragiles him. It, You know, it he's not the same quarterback. And, wow, like, you look at the Rams' front. Like, I don't know what the percentages were and where the Rams blitzed. But, you know, they faced a pretty good O-line of the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. And they were still able to, to create pressure up the middle, you know, to get to, you know, Dak and make a move out of the pocket and stuff. So that all those things combined, I just think spells trouble for the Eagles offense, unless all of a sudden Deshaun Jackson plays more than 50% of the plays and Miles Sanders can, you know, all of a sudden become the next thing of Barry Sanders and making people miss because I really don't see how in one week these certain things that are wrong with Eagles offense, especially with the online, they can fix them, you know, like, and, and, you know, back to the Rams defense, I was so, I was so entertained by how versatile, how athletic this Rams defense is, you know, you look at the Eagles offense, when especially the wide, the wide receivers. Okay. The rookie Jalen Rager, you, um, I'm sorry, Jalen Rager, you know, that he's going to go deep. Okay. So, you know, that, you know, that, you know, I'm pretty sure that the, that the guy responsible for him man to man will be Jalen Ramsey. And of course the safety will be told, you know, rapper and rap or in company, you know, don't get beat deep. But after that, their leading wide receiver or tight end was Dallas Goddard. I mean, I'm sorry. Dallas Goddard doesn't scare me. You know, uh, Greg Ward, Boston Scott also caught two passes. You know, Zach Ertz is the best, um, you know, the best cast patching, um, catching guy that the Eagles have. And he's having issues with his contract. So it's quite clear that there's so much, you know, bad drama going on, especially in the, you know, in that type of, in that side of the ball. I just don't see how in one week the Eagles offense can come up and say, well, you know what? It's time to, you know, it's time to run the football on the Rams defense. I don't think that's going to happen. The only way I see the Eagles offense doing anything or moving the football is, is if they run it and they run it successfully. If not, I expect Carson Wentz to get sacked five plus times. Without question. Uh, I mean, I'd be okay with that. Um, no, I will say... Trust me, I, I, I'm perfectly fine with that because it's like, it's like I wanted to see what this Rams defense was going to be. And I know it's one game and it's only one showing, but I truly feel as the week passes on, 
especially with so much, you know, so much is on these second year guys from last year. And it's a lot of pressure on these rookies that didn't even have a preseason. You know, Aaron Dolan and company, they're going to hold up their own. Jalen Ramsey in the back end, they're going to hold up their own. If the rookies can at least play so far, man, I think this defense is just going to get better and better. I will speak from my perspective, which some people would say is pessimistic. I think it's just being a realist. But uh, I am like you to an extent. I do think the defense is looks good. I think it can be very exciting. I do think that they're going for the hybrid utility um, kind of role, I guess. that mm-hmm. They want players that can play multiple positions. All guys have speed. So they can do all kinds of different things schematically and put players in different um, you know, positions to succeed, whether that's on the line or at linebacker or whatever. Uh, so I do like that, but I'm not as high on the Cowboys offense as you are. And so I was a little bit disappointed in some of the some of the showing that I saw. There was definitely some missed tackles that uh, was kind of glaring for me. Not having yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm hoping that's all it's, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's just a preseason thing because it did look a little spotty in some spots. Um, and you could also make the argument that had that offensive pass interference call not been made on Michael Gallup, the Cowboys would have won that game and the Rams would have blown it. So you can look at this lots of different ways. I'm, I'm going to try and stay pretty even killed and, and wait this out a little bit longer. Um but I do like what I see. I do like that they've got some young guys. I do like the versatility. Um, Jordan Fuller, like you said, looks like he's going to be a steal in the sixth round. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Terrell Burgess on the field. We haven't seen that yet. He's coming back from an injury. So hopefully that is soon. Um, I think that'll make a huge difference too on, on the defense. So, because, uh, like I said, tackling was kind of an issue, and I'll get to that again in a second. But uh, I did like what I saw. Did like what I saw. So um, I think this game on Sunday, the way I, I'm looking at it, if I'm as a Rams fan, I'm pretty excited. I feel like this is going to be, I don't want to say an easy game, because that I, that I think that'd be a little too disrespectful towards the Eagles. I think they're better than that. But I feel like the Rams are going to win this game, and I don't feel like it's going to be close i feel like a double digit win is very doable um i mean if you want to talk about the rams offense and the eagles defense i mean i'll just say this the eagles have over 100 million dollars invested in that defensive line and holy crap to for them to give up 20 plus points on consecutive possessions i mean that's just ridiculous in the nfl i i mean listen the redskins are not the greatest show on turf last time i checked and Sean McVay, I'm pretty sure this entire week has been, you know, chewing on his pencil or his pen because not his mask because he wasn't wearing it right. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I mean? he he got a little <laughs> nasty, Graham. He got a yeah. memo about that yeah. one. Come on, coach, just just do what you got to do, please. Um, you know, I truly expect this to be a run-heavy um, Rams um, offensive game plan. Um, you know, they ran the ball over 40 times. They used a number of backs. And, and what do the Rams do best, Nick? They play action. They sneak Woods in the backfield. They get, you know, they, they get cup in the tight end spot. A lot of, you know, roll action. And, you know, and listen, you look at that Eagles 
defense, and I said this, you know, during you know the offseason, I truly feel like they lost their quarterback in the back end. That's Ma- that's Malcolm Jenkins. You saw the Saints how they gave up that first uh, drive touchdown to the Bucks, and and you saw. Malcolm screaming at his teammates, you know, get your heads out of your rear end. Let's go. And guess what? They played a pretty well game. And from there, from that point after, and I, there's no dog that w- with a voice on this Eagles defense. I mean, where's Fletcher Cox? I mean, I haven't, I, I, I don't know, you know, Malik Jackson, both of these guys are combined close to making $90 million total in contracts, nothing, you know? So there's nothing that the Eagles defense that if I'm an offensive coordinator or an offensive coach, I'm like scared about, you know? So that's what I truly expect the Rams to do. Run the football down their throat, use their play action to their advantage and just spread it out. Once the Eagles start putting more men into the box, you got a, you got a quarterback who can roll out, who can throw on the run. That's another thing that the Eagles have to look forward to. And I, I just don't know how do you control that coming off a game where they lost the way that they did. So I couldn't agree with you more. I truly feel like if I was to, if I was betting today right now, I feel like the Rams will win double digits easily without question. Yeah, and I'll touch on that too at the end because um, I don't. Not everyone is into betting and stuff. Um, I take a little bit of an interest in it. I think it's kind of fun. So uh, I'll talk about that towards the end because I saw an interesting uh, stat about the betting line for this game as well. Um, it to your point, and then we'll move on. To your point about Malcolm Jenkins not being there and not having that voice or that leader, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Eagles' defense handles all of the pre-snap motion that the Rams do because it looks like Sean McVay has gone back to the 2018 offense where a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of jet motions, a lot of uh, backs moving around, and a lot of the play action and the running game is going to look identical. There's a lot of times where the plays are going to look exactly the same because they're designed to look that way. So if the Eagles defense doesn't have anyone back there calling out the right callouts, the right audibles, or they don't have good communication, the game could get out of control really quick. And so we'll see how the Ram or the Eagles defense handles all that pre-snap motion and, and the play action game. Cause that could be huge. Uh, I, so... mean, I mean, the only other thing that I would probably say about, you know, this game being in Philly, maybe if we had crowd, maybe we had that type of buildup. But as we know, I think if I read it correctly, there, there's going to be no fans. So, yes, I, I, I think the hardest part for the Rams is just the traveling. Once you get into Philly, I mean, listen, there's no you know snowstorm coming. There's no bad weather. You know, what I mean, it's going to be partly cloudy, sunny. I mean, it's just it, it, it screams perfect for what we predicted or what I predicted, you know, in the offseason to be a Rams loss. This, to me, can be a Rams blowout <laughs> without question, because there's no home field here except for the Eagles logos being painted at the 50 and in the end zones. Yeah. Uh, right now, as it stands, the only teams that are allowing fans into the stadium are the um, the Browns, and the, the Jaguars. Chiefs. The Jaguars and the the Titans just announced uh, that they're going to allow fans into the stadiums as well. So um, unless you're one of those teams, you're not getting any fans. Um, So a couple things that I think the three areas that I think the Rams need to key in on this week um, 
that would be an improvement over last week. It doesn't matter that they're playing the Eagles, but I think these are three things, regardless of who they're going to play this week, things that they just needed to improve on from last week against the Cowboys. Uh, Red zone offense. Red zone offense against the Cowboys just wasn't it. It just wasn't clicking. So very encouraging that the team got into the red zone five times. That's great. However, comma, what's not great is they only scored two touchdowns on those five trips. Uh, That's not good. Uh, So if you're going to play the Eagles, like Manny said, they've got a lot of money invested in their defense. If you're going to get to the red zone, you need to capitalize. And you don't really want to go into the red zone and have to rely on an unproven kicker either because we already saw last week he missed his first one, and his first one was a gimme. I think it was like 29 yards. So – you don't want to want to rely on him. You'd rather your offense just seal the deal and score when you get into the red zone. So hopefully this week that gets fixed. Uh, tackling, we already kind of touched on it. There was a lot of missed tackles for the Rams defense, uh, and it kind of came in waves. It seemed like there were times where certain drives, they were on it, and they didn't miss anything. And then there were other drives that just kept getting extended and extended and extended because they just couldn't make tackles. There was a total of 15 tackles against the Cowboys uh, that were missed. So not great. Hopefully that gets fixed because you just can't have that. It just it, It's a drive killer because if you get a team to third and 10 or third and 15 or whatever, and you just keep giving up these long drives, then that's a crack breaker. Can't do it. Uh, the last thing I think they really need to improve on is attacking downfield. And no more Brandon Cooks, though. Yeah, so that's kind of why I didn't really want to lose him is because I'm worried we don't have that downfield threat. Um, Goff only attempted four passes that were over 15 yards. Um, He did complete two of them, but that's not a whole lot. Um, The majority of his 31 pass attempts were all within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, And I think the one play that a lot of us are going to remember is There was a play, I believe it was in the third quarter. It could have been in the fourth, but there was a play. It was a play-action pass. Jared Goff was rolling out to his left, and Cooper Cup was streaking down the sideline, and he had about three or four yards of separation, which in the NFL, that's considered wide open. And he overthrew him, right? He didn't even throw him the ball, actually. Yeah, no, he actually ended up just running it himself, and he only got, I think, about four or five yards. And it's... You, you hope that that doesn't become uh, a like a trend. Yeah, you hope that doesn't become a thing because uh, you don't want Jared to get gun shy or afraid to turn over the ball. Uh, there has to be a balance between being a gunslinger and, and being a game manager. So hopefully this week, if that opportunity presents itself, Jared pulls the trigger because – I have full faith and confidence in Jared and Cooper that uh, if he were to throw that pass, that that would have been a big play. And I also believe that had he completed that pass, I feel like that would have been a touchdown. Cause like I said, th- he had a pretty good amount of separation on his defender. So uh, can't let those opportunities slip by. You never know when you're going to get another one like that. So hopefully this week, if there are some opportunities to make some big plays, Jared makes those, um, can't be scared in those situations man you're good let it rip uh the other thing i wanted to touch on here um nickel roby coleman was obviously surprisingly let go this past offseason but uh, he got picked up by the eagles so he's going to be playing his former team and if you'll remember 
Last year, when the Ravens played the Rams, they asked Eric Weddle, hey, are you telling the Rams all the secrets about the Ravens and, you know, all that stuff? And he basically said, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not the way I am. Nikhil Roby Coleman, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. He's uh, basically said he's an open book and he's going to tell the Eagles everything they want to know about the Rams. So he's actually given some pretty interesting quotes I thought I'd uh, share. So he said, quote, I'm excited to play against my old team. For the guys over there, there's big love. There's a lot of love. I'm just sharing all the information that I can remember from being in L.A., I'm telling Rod right now that if you see this, then this could possibly happen. Darius Slay and I are talking and being upbeat about how McVay uses his offense and how the guys work around Jared Goff to get open and things like that. So far, so good. Uh, The other quote he said was, let me find it real clear. This was about the pre-snap movement that I had mentioned. So he said, quote, it's all window dressing. He does it over the course of four quarters and everything starts to look alike. So you just have to stay focused on your keys, pay attention to your guy, all the motions and all the movement and everything. You can kind of get through that after a while. And that's about it. He keeps everything real aligned as far as first down, second down, third down, everything kind of looks alike. Yeah. I I truly feel that Roby needs to start looking at the game film of last week and stop seeing these comments. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> because yes you can do all of these things like you know just stay in your lane focus on your assignment but none of that's gonna matter if you can't you know play consistent and yeah. the eagle defense was not consistent and, yeah. a l- and a little bit to your red zone offensive there the washington football team was three for three in goal to goal situations and touchdowns so i don't see how the ram listen if the rams get in the red zone Twice, I expect two touchdowns. If they get in the red zone five times, I expect five touchdowns. I, I There's no reason why four points more than a field goal should not be on that scoreboard. Um, you know, um, I do agree with the tackling. Again, no preseason. I'm hoping that week by week, you know, the team gets better at that, especially with a couple of rookies starting. Uh, but you definitely cannot miss 15 tackles game in and game out. You know, and hey, I'm attacking downfield. I mentioned it. No Brandon Cooks, so you're gonna have to figure out other ways, you know, to get these ch- to get these chunks of yardages, you know, here and there, um, you know. But eventually, you're gonna have to show a deep threat to a very good defense because if not, they're not gonna put an extra man in the box unless you start running the football. Which you know, Nick, I've been saying this from the get go. I truly feel like the Rams are going to be a heavy run football team, and. You see here 40 runs to 31 um, throws um, in last week's game, you know, and I'm going to keep saying it. I truly feel that the Rams need to establish the the running game first before they do, you know, throwing the ball and whatnot. But, of course, we know what Sean McVay's offense is with the whole play action screening and whatnot. So, overall. Yeah. Um, A little interesting that he made some of those comments just because they're coming off a game in which they, like you said, they blew a 17-point lead. It's like uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm Sean McVay and I read these comments, I'm like, dude, seriously, like, you got you got nothing else better. To, but listen, it for listen, Eric Weddle could could come to us personally and say, well, you know, I didn't say anything with, about my former team. Every player does it. Let's be honest here. If if you were on a team and you got picked up by another team and that team is not playing the team that you once played for, come on, like. 
you know, whether you say it to the public or not, listen, we did that in, you know, and when we were in sports, you know, and whatnot, like when we got traded or when we ended up playing for another team because our father, he didn't like the coach or whatnot, we all shared secrets here. You know what I mean? So for any football fan to think that a, that, that a former, you know, teammate that goes to another team that ends up playing the same team he just came from doesn't, you know, say what their secrets are or, or what their formations are and whatnot. That's just total ludicrous. You know, it's just that Coleman decided to go public with it, which, you know, I just, I think it was a stupid move. Yeah. I obviously, I, I fully expect every player to do that with all their former teams. Yeah. Like I said, it's just a little weird. Especially coming off the loss. Nick, Nick, especially in 2020, you need every advantage you can have. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a feeling, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point in the game, we saw a couple specific plays directed at Roby Coleman, uh, just because I feel like Sean is that kind of guy where he, he knows he's smart and he knows that he can get away with certain things when it comes to play calling and play design. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was like, okay, I'll show him, I'll get him, I'll burn him a couple times and then he'll know. So it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. Um, a couple quick notes before we wrap up here. The injury report for the Rams uh, looks really good. They came out of week one pretty much unscathed. Uh, Gerald Everett didn't participate in practice on Wednesday with a back issue, but it doesn't look like that's going to be a problem that's going to keep him out of the game. Uh, Andrew Whitworth didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, but it wasn't injury related. Probably just a personal day. Got to remember the guy's almost 40 years old. So give- and he, and he's your only left tackle that you have with any experience on, on that offense. So you need yeah, him to so- be as healthy as possible. Yeah, so we just got to give him a break. Uh, the Eagles, on the other hand, their injury list is a little a little bit longer, and they've got some pretty big names on there. Uh, there is some good news on there, though. So uh Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Deshaun Jackson, and Alshon Jeffrey did right, not participate on. in oh, practice. You said good news. Is Brandon Brooks coming back? Brandon Brooks. You know what? I don't see that name on here. Okay, that means it's not good for the Eagles offense. That's okay. your starting that's your starting right guard. Okay. <laughs> and you had told me that Deshaun Jackson's on that list. He didn't participate, but it wasn't injury related. So I'm assuming it was just like a personal day. It never is because Eagles fans, including myself, are still trying to figure out how did this guy not play, you know, more snaps in the game. And the only response we got was he's not injured. Well, duh, we're not idiots. Like if the guy's not on the football field, either he's having trouble learning the offensive playbook, which I just don't see how that's possible, or he's hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like you're 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 down by one or two possessions in the fourth quarter, and your guy that can actually spit a defense is on the sidelines with his helmet in his hand. I don't know. It yeah, I I don't know. That's that's a weird one. Uh, apparently, Brandon Graham's fighting a concussion, and Alshon Jeffrey's got a foot issue. Uh, Javon Hargrave was limited. He's got a pectoral and a hamstring issue. Jason Peters was limited in practice with a knee issue. Oh boy! If and- I'm Aaron. If I am Leonard Floyd, if I'm any one of these guys going up against Jason Peters, man, I would go and just bull rush the crap out of that guy and make sure that, you know, I get to Carson Wentz, man. Yeah, I'm sure. I am scared for Carson Wentz. Listen, if you think that the Washington football team's D-line was anything, guys, wait till you see this L.A. Rams defensive line. My goodness, are they beautiful to watch. No, there is no such thing as no effort in that in that side of the ball at all. 
Yeah, Brandon Staley's probably going to put some pressure on these guys. I'm sure that there's going to be some design blitzes and plays that pressure certain sides. Uh, the good news is the the light at the end of the tunnel on the injury report for the Eagles is uh, Derek Barnett uh, was a full participant. Uh, apparently he's got a little bit of a hamstring, but full participant Wednesday, so that looks good for him. Lane Johnson uh, had an ankle issue, but he was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. And Miles Sanders' hamstring issue, he was a full participant on Wednesday as well. So those guys look like they're going to be good to go, and they'll be in the game. And Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders are going to be huge, huge keys if the Eagles are going to uh, stay in this game and do anything. Um, I don't know what the betting line is for – the over-under on Carson Wentz's rushing yards in this game, but I'll bet you Carson Wentz is going to be one of the leading rushers for the Eagles because he's going to be running for his life on well, Sunday. Well, here's the thing that I see happening. He'll have 25 yards in rushing, but he'll be at negative 36 because of all the sacks. <laughs> that would be something else. Uh, so the last thing I wanted to hit on, um, I had mentioned earlier with the betting line, uh, last week before the kickoff, the Rams went into that game as uh, underdogs to the Cowboys, which was weird because they were underdogs at home, and I thought that was kind of crazy. So I put money on the Rams, um, and by the time the game kicked off, they had gone from being slight underdogs to slight favorites, which is that's just how betting works. When people start hammering one team, it kind of sways the other way. Uh, and again, I think that's just because the general public thinks the Cowboys are really good when I think they're really not. I think they're just overrated. So uh, my bet on the Rams ended up working, won that bet. The Rams won the game. They covered the point spread. Easy. Um, this week, the opposite has happened. So the Rams opened up as one and a half point favorites over the Eagles. But it's since flipped, and according to BetMGM, the Rams are now one-point underdogs. So if you're a Rams fan and you're buying what we're selling and you like to put money on some football games, I feel like Rams at one-point underdogs, I feel like that's a really good bet. So um, I'm going to be putting money on the Rams again this weekend. Uh, I feel pretty confident about that. So Yeah, so... (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Uh, and the over-under also dropped a point for what that's worth. Some people like betting overs and unders. I don't do that too much. but uh, Would you the, like to split those winnings, my friend? <laughs> uh, no, because, see, I'm a, I am like to take my winnings, and then I just put that into the next bet. I, I is, oh, that, okay. is that the smartest thing to do? Probably not. But I like to be like, okay, I won, whatever, 20, 40 bucks. That's so going to go in my next bet. And then so I. You're that guy that at Vegas, if he wins a, you know, a lucky hand, it's like, okay, I'm done. It's like, no, 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 no. Now we got to go to Caesar's Palace. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, bro, I'm on a heater. We need to keep going. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, that's me. That's usually how I roll. And I'll win and win and win. And then I'll finally reach a point where I'm like, all right, I'm losing. We should probably leave. And at that point, I've broke even and I leave with the money I came. But usually uh, uh, I'll squeak out with some wins here and there. Um, but the over under also dropped on this one. It was 46 and a half. Now it's 45 and a half. So if you're into that, there's that. Uh, so the last thing we'll do is just a prediction. Um, Mine, super simple. Rams win. I, I don't think that that's a, a surprise to anybody. Uh, Manny, I think I know what you're going to say as well. Um, who do you yeah. got winning this one? 
Well, I, I truly feel that the Eagles effort wise will be much better than last Sunday. Um, they will try to play a 60 minute game, but unfortunately that I think I truly believe that the Rams um, both offense and on defense will overpower them eventually. And I see the, I see LA winning by a final score of 34 to 17. Whoa. 34, 17. Um, I feel like the Rams will be up maybe by a touchdown late and I can Definitely see a pick six happening or a fumble recovery um, that leads to the next touchdown and maybe one more field goal or whatnot. So, um, you know, it's like I said, the game's in Philly, but there's no home field advantage at all. You know, yes, you're getting back your right tackle. You're getting back your starting running back. That's not going to fix your offensive lines issues. You know, your wide receiving core, you know, Ashawn Jeffrey's out. Now you're going, you know, you are relying on a guy in Deshaun Jackson that doesn't play 50% of the snaps. You're relying on Zach Ertz, who's upset about his contract, and on two, three rookies, and on four or five other guys that came off practice squad. I just don't see how that scares Jalen Ramsey and company, you know, so that's how I see it. All right. Well, I hope you and me are both right. Uh, what we'll do is uh, we'll try and get together again next week, and we'll try and do the same thing. We'll try and do a recap and a preview. Might be all in one episode. Might be split up. We'll see. We don't know. But we'll try and get to you guys uh, something, some form or fashion. Hopefully, we won't be taking any more extended breaks. But uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks for giving us a little bit of your time. And obviously... Go Rams.